Welcome to the Connection Club podcast. I am Katie Wren. I am a wife, a mom to a beautiful baby girl, bonus mom to a beautiful teenage daughter and successful business owner. I am so excited to connect with you. Sometimes we need to disconnect from the world to reconnect with ourselves. So I am super grateful to be on this journey with you so we can connect together as a community. I am very excited you are here right now. Wow, you've made it through some episodes, people. I'm so happy and so excited that you're really on this journey with me and you're tuning into a lot of the episodes and I'm so thankful and so excited to keep diving deep and not only with you but with myself as well and sharing all the beautiful insights along the way. And I can't believe we're here at Connecting Back Part 5. Oh my gosh. When I first started the Connecting Back Part 1, and if you've not listened to that, please go and check it out because you'll know where I'm at with this and why I'm doing these Connecting Back Parts is really just show you guys that the journey that I've been on, the insights I've had along the way that I haven't just landed where I am, but really to give you a better perspective and a better idea really of who Katie really is. So really I wanted to share with you the backstory of who Katie is and where she's come from, what she's done, what she's had to deal with, because I really feel like there's a lot of lessons in there too. And like I said, you get a greater understanding on who I actually am and what I'm about. So I know the Connecting Back part four was just on about really the second year of of mine and Luke's relationship and I just turned 30 and I'm 33 this year. Ah, I am super excited. Um, 32 was my meltdown moment. I'm like, I'm 32, I'm getting older. Ah." And now I'm kind of excited for 33, especially as it brings in the new decade of 2020. I'm like, bring it on. There's so many new ideas and and just a new course of life that I'm about to embark on. And I'm just super excited. And I'm sure you will all learn what that is in the near future. But yeah, but kind of going into 2017, I didn't really know what was about to happen and didn't really know that it was going to be probably the hardest year of my life, honestly. The one that challenged me the most, was I victorious in the challenges? I would say yes and no somewhat. I believe when we're faced with challenges, they're really great opportunities not only to grow, but to learn and to just really learn more about ourselves and the more that we can adapt and be better for the future challenges, you know, the the greater our life would be. And looking back, I'm proud of all of the things that I was faced Was I proud of how I reacted to them, knowing what I know now? No. And I'm hoping that I can help you have the same understanding and insights. You don't make the same mistakes as what I did and really learn from it. But I don't think, I didn't feel like there were mistakes, but there were more lessons. I really feel like we don't make mistakes in life. We just have lessons. And sometimes they're bigger lessons and sometimes they're smaller lessons. But as I started the year in 2017, me and Luke headed over to Birmingham for a conference. We went over together, we went for the Juice Plus conference and I was so excited and we had a, an amazing time there. And we had such an amazing time that it was the, 
<laughs> the time that Luke Lake was conceived and obviously you know you know we got engaged we were super excited and you know had the the notion of you know we, we, especially with the green card situation that we would have to get married within a 90 day period of being engaged so we kind of kept it on the download but not so February came and 27th of February we conceived Lake and I knew it instantly because I had been kind of tracking where things were at and where where I was with my body and things like that. I was just making sure I was being aware of the cycles, let's put it that way. And I knew straight away, I'm like, oh, Luke, Katie, Luke, you were stupid. Like, I, I was excited, but mad at the same time because we were due to get married in May. You know, we'd set a date, we were kind of figured everything out, we started to plan things. And I'm like, oh my God, if I'm pregnant on my wedding day, I will be... Mm. And later on, maybe two weeks later, Luke went back to the United States and I had planned out because I knew when I was leaving, which was just the beginning of March, maybe middle of March. And I planned a little bachelor party with me and my friends before I actually left for the United States. Like we had the intention of, I'm packing up all of my things and I'm moving over. So like, right, we're going to have a little party, a little get together. I hired out this home. I was super excited. And uh, God had another plan. And he definitely works in mysterious ways sometimes. Or even if you believe in the universe, sometimes it works in mysterious ways, right? And I had this beautiful home rented out and everything was catered. Everything was set. And that morning I woke up and then the next day we was going to have the bachelor party but that morning on the Saturday I woke up and something was seriously wrong I had a really deep twinge in my left side of where my ovary was and I turned very dizzy I couldn't stand on my feet I felt like I was going to throw up I had a pounding headache I had really really severe cramp on one side and I didn't know what was going on so like my mom was taking a nap at the time and I, I walked downstairs and went to my dad and I just knew something was wrong instantly. I told my dad, I said, I think I need to go to hospital. Something's wrong. And obviously I had the, the idea in the back of my mind that I could be pregnant. So I'm like, okay, there's something's, something's not right. Like, my gosh. So we went to the hospital and it took them forever to see me. I was in the waiting room. I'm bent over the chair. I'm holding my stomach. I'm crying. I'm in so much pain. I've never experienced pain like this. And I broke my femur when I was 17. And this was kind of topping it right there. I'm throwing up. I'm just a mess. And eventually they saw me and, you know, took a pregnancy test. It was the first thing they did and nothing came up. They um, then transferred me to another hospital because they couldn't quite figure out what was going on. And at the time they thought it was an ectopic pregnancy but needed to know where it was. So I got transferred to a different hospital. And when we got there, I kind of felt better. Like they'd given me a couple of drugs to take and I felt somewhat better. And um, as they did a scan, they couldn't see anything. Nothing was there. So they just said, you know, it could be um, that you're, you know, ovulating or, or whatever. And I was like, I'm not ovulating, but okay, clearly nobody's listening to me. And I thought, you know what? It'll probably just go. The pain will go. It'll be fine. So me and my dad set off back home. It was really quite embarrassing because we're talking about sex and periods and cycles and everything else in between while my dad's there. Honestly, I did not care because I just was in so much fear of something bad was happening that it, just to have somebody there with me was, was great. And of course, it would be the moment that Luke isn't there to hold my hand. 
as we're driving back towards home, we got maybe five miles from the hospital and the pain came back tenfold. And I said, Dad, we need to go back. We need to go back. We need to go back. He drove me back. And I said, I, I feel sick. Like I was throwing up again. My pain in the stomach was just so intense. Anyway, they said, we're going to keep you overnight. We're going to take some blood and check your HCG levels, but we're not going to know anything until Tuesday. And this was the Saturday. And I believe on the Monday or the Tuesday, we was going to travel down to Plymouth to see my grandma because I didn't know if this was going to be the last time I would ever see her again. You know, she's in her mid eighties. You know, I thought, well, if I don't see her again, then this is going to be the last time. She's still going. Two and a half years after that moment, she's still going in touch wood and praying to God that she keeps living a beautiful, blessed, healthy life and full of vitality and no pain. So yeah, they took some bloods and uh, gave me an anti-sickness injection in my butt, which was great. <laughs> and uh, I remember just being led there at night. Just I couldn't sleep because of the noise and everything else of the hospital and just tried to drink water, but I just couldn't keep anything down. It was so bizarre. And then the morning I woke up and I felt like nothing had ever happened. There was no pain. There was no tension. There was nothing. I felt great. And unfortunately, I obviously had to cancel the bachelor party. So I kind of went home and rested and then, you know, eventually went off to Plymouth. But while I was there in Plymouth, I got a phone call from the hospital telling me my HCG levels were at 200 and I was definitely pregnant. So yay, (laughs) baby Lake was now in the oven cooking. And what they explained to me had happened was when the the egg is released and obviously conception is made, the way that the egg travels down the fallopian tube causes a lot of stress on my body, certainly, and can be quite painful. So that's what was going on. And sometimes they call it implantation pains. And Jesus Christ, I'm like, well, I know if I'm ever going to be pregnant again, because that's what I'm going to experience. So yeah, found out in Plymouth that I was pregnant well and truly, and uh, both me and Luke were super excited. Although I did have in the back of my mind, I'm like, holy shit, I'm getting married in a couple of months. I'm going to be showing not too much, but I definitely am going to be showing. I'm like, great. I'm going to be one of those people who is pregnant on her wedding day. So I had to change my whole plans of what kind of dress I was going to wear and everything anyway but we were super excited and um, you know we kind of already picked out the names that we would call either a boy or a girl so we just knew straight away you know when that moment came we were like oh my god it's going to be Lake or it's going to be the boy name that we picked out and we were just so excited so anyway the time came for me to leave England and move over to the United States and I was filled with so much excitement but so much fear at the same time I mean obviously I spent a little bit of time being in the States you know from four weeks to six weeks at a time but never fully immersed myself in being American put it that way and it was always a dream of mine to live in America I just didn't know this would be the path in order it would happen really you know it's beautiful what we put out there and what we wish for can come true And uh, it was so ingrained in my subconscious that a lot of the times I was making decisions in shaping me to have my dreams come true. It's crazy. So the day came of me flying over and moving over here and we were just so excited. You know, we got our home kind of nearly set up and it felt all really surreal and all the beautiful things I'd wished for was coming true. And um, this is going to be quite a long story short because there's a lot of things that happened in 2017 that I didn't really anticipate would happen. 
the wedding day was so beautiful. A lot of our friends and family flew in and it was a small, intimate wedding and it was just so perfect. And I felt amazing, although towards about 11 o'clock at night, my back was killing me and I was ready to go home and sleep. (laughs) But me and Luke just, it was just a beautiful day and everything that was every anyone and everyone who was part of that day just really felt the love and we got married on the beach the same place that he proposed to me the same place that we had our first date and our beautiful friend let us use his house and beachfront to host the wedding and it was just a dream come true it was simple elegant and beachy and just everything that me and Luke are about and uh, after the wedding we had the gender reveal of Lake the day after we invited everyone around to our house we had a barbecue and revealed what the gender of lake would be and um, of course like our parents knew but our friends and family didn't know and um, announcing it was a girl I was just so excited I was always really nervous to have a girl just because of how I was as a teenager and I'd always thought about and dreaded the idea of revisiting those hard times as a teenager especially as a woman but now I'm just going to open my arms to it, embrace it, and just learn from how I was as a teenager and make sure that I don't make any of the mistakes that I to have with Lake. So I was very nervous at first, but now I couldn't imagine my life without her and I couldn't imagine having a boy or, you know, whatever. So that was a beautiful day. And then the day after that, my parents stayed and looked after the doggie as well. We went off for a little mini moon in Miami. And I'd always wanted to go to Miami. It was just, you know, not far away, you know, being pregnant. There's not a lot I could actually do, but it was just a relaxing time together. And it rained the whole trip we were there. We could barely spend any time outside. But what we did do was go make the most of it. And we picked out a stroller and ordered it all and and picked up some baby supplies. And we were super excited having our little break. And um, probably like not long after that, we decided to get our first addition to our family, which was Louis our little uh, Yorkshire terrier. He's a miniature. He's beautiful. We originally got him to kind of help Faith transition in moving from Wisconsin, who she was living with her mom at the time, to come and live with us. She'd kind of fought the idea of living with us for two years. I mean, every day she would call us up, like begging us to help her move and transition to come and live with us. And that was a stressful time too, just seeing her so upset all the time. But Anyway, eventually we uh, won the battle and she came down to live with us. So now I've just moved countries. (laughs) Even though it's an English-speaking country, it's still a new country. The food is different. The medical system is different. The way that people find jokes funny is different. um, The way they communicate is different. It's just very different. And, you know, getting married. I'm now a wife for the second time. I'm like, don't fuck this up, Katie. You know, I'm like thinking, come on, got to get our shit together. I'm now pregnant, so I'm I'm learning the medical system as I'm pregnant, and now I've just adopted a now a 13-year-old teenager who's just starting her journey as a woman (laughs) in life, and you know, transitioning her from Wisconsin down to here was stressful as well and a challenge. All while this, Luke is now embarking on a new journey in his life, in his new role with Tony Robbins and speaking and facilitating for him. And now he's traveling across the world and doing all of these different things. And now I'm I'm playing a, a more supportive role with him. You know, I'm trying to run my business at the same time. It was a lot. Just that in itself right there, that's a lot to deal with. And I don't think a lot of people 
have that amount of change in a decade, let alone the space of six months. So as the summer goes on, you know, we go back up to uh, Minnesota to spend some time up there and I'm now heavily pregnant. I'm spending three days on a boat whilst pregnant, which is not recommended by the way, (laughs) but it was a lot of fun. And we, um, you know, took Faith up there to see her friends and see her mom and everything else. It was amazing. And then something shifted and changed, unfortunately. And I think it was around the time that the hurricane had hit. So we go and escape the hurricane zone. Now I'm like over 30, I'm definitely over 25 weeks pregnant, but I don't know at what stage I was pregnant. We have to escape the hurricane that's heading towards us. It missed us completely this year, whereas the year before that, it was heading right in our direction. And we had to get out. We had to leave our home, leave our belongings, take everything that was really important to us, put them in the car. So we had Louis, we had Faith, we had me who was pregnant and Luke driving. And we drove pretty much 25 hours north through Florida on the way trying to find hotels. Everything's fully booked. We drive to Atlanta. There's nothing there. Georgia, there's nothing. And our beautiful friend Lauren then reached out and was like, go and use my house in Asheville, North Carolina. It's like four hours away from you guys. Like, go and use it. Here's the code. And she basically saved our bacon. And whilst we were there, something shifted and changed in faith in her realizing that this beautiful place we were in reminded her of home so much. And she wanted to move back home. And I'd just set her up in school. So I'd I'd gone with her to the school, filled out all of her paperwork, as well as the legal paperwork of transitioning her from being custody with her mom to now being custody of me. So now I'm the responsibility and guardian of this precious little teenager you know I'm thinking I I do not know what I'm doing like I'm setting her up in this school and they're asking me these questions and I'm like I don't know like they want medical records and all of this stuff and I'm like this is the first time I've ever dealt with something like this before like what the hell and um yeah it was tough (laughs) it was really really tough and then getting the message of she doesn't want to live with us anymore She wants to move back home because she really misses her friends. She misses the environment. She misses the familiarity. And then she's realized that actually she misses her mom as well. Whereas before, the relationship had got strained so much that she just didn't want to have a relationship with her anymore. You know, what it's like between mother and daughter in those teenage years. It's very fragile. And I encouraged her to figure this out and make this work with her mom because if she strains the relationship with her mom, it's going to carry on for a really long time and she doesn't want that. So it was encouraging and repairing that relationship was super, super important. And um, I was always supportive of what she wanted. Like, you don't know what you want when you're a teenager. I mean, you remember, right? Hormones flying all over the place. You're figuring out who you are. You're figuring out who your friends are. And it's just a mess. So I just wanted her to feel safe and secure in whoever's house she wanted to live with. And um, honestly, it put a lot of strain on me and Luke too, because this was now something that we were blaming each other for. And, you know, what could we have done differently? And, and now we were self-beating ourselves up like, God, well, what if we would have done this? And what if we would have said that? And and now we're in kind of that beating each other up mode. <laughs> and it caused a lot of strain on us both and we didn't know what to do or what was right and we just decided that you know what she has to make her own decisions and live with them and that's the only way you're going to learn and we let her go home and it took us a little while to recover from that process but 
all in all, it worked out for the better. And to see that beautiful girl happy and content and enjoying life to, you know, with all of the things that she's doing, it's just melts my heart so much. She's an amazing person. So not long after that, Luke is now off to Fiji for his life and wealth event. It's the first one that he's actually doing by himself. I think it was the full event or it may have been the half event. Could have been training in at that point. And now he's doing the, the event himself, which we're super excited about. Unfortunately, this landed on the end of October and it would go into the start of November with his travel time. It takes two days to get there and two days back. So with the travel time, he would have landed back on the 12th of November and we had a scheduled C-section on the 13th of November as she was breached and she was not turning. And I didn't want to manually turn her in fear of maybe me going into labor and also causing a lot of stress and strain on her. So we decided, you know, it's okay, we'll be fine. You go to Fiji and do your thing. And on the, on the night of the 8th of November, I didn't feel well. And I thought, I'm just going to get myself off to bed early. Little Louie was cuddling me and keeping me company of all the times that Luke was away. And he was like my little guard dog. And I felt very safe when he was around me or when he was in the home. And uh, I woke up the next day and he was driving me crazy. He would not leave me alone. He would um, just jump on me and... I thought, okay, I, I need to take him for a walk, but I, I felt so heavy and tired and like I had really bad um, cramps. I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I called up my friend, Arielle. She's like my best friend now. But at the time, we'd only known each other for maybe a month and she was my birth doula. You know, I decided I wanted a birth doula, someone to be there with me and supporting me. But better yet, just helps me navigate through this whole mysterious new world of medical lingo jingle that I have no idea what anyone's talking about because it's all different. So she was a great asset to have. So I called her up in the morning and I said, hey, would you mind coming over? Louis is driving me crazy. He needs to be walked, but I don't feel very well right now. And she said, okay, well, yep, yeah, I'll come over. That's fine. And, um, you know, within a couple of minutes she was there and, uh, she said, I just want to make sure I'm just checking in on you first that you're okay and everything's well with you. And I said, oh, you know, I've got some cramps and my back is really tight. So she did some maneuvers and some techniques to help loosen everything up a little bit. And I felt much better. And one of the things I wanted to happen through early labor was to put Harry Potter on because that just fills me up and gives me so much joy when I watch Harry Potter. So naturally she put on Harry Potter and, um, you know, it just made me feel better. And uh, we started kind of monitoring the cramps I was experiencing. Now, before that, I'd done hypnobirthing. So a lot of breathing techniques that my body went into a natural rhythm of breathing and I didn't know what was going on, but my body knew. And we started counting the, well, I kind of had the idea of the intensity levels. So I'd go from like one to five and I was getting oh this feels like a three and then it would come back down to one and then it would climb up to a three and then go back to one so I was really feeling the cramping sensation intensify but then drop back down again and um, we monitored this for a couple of hours and then it was pretty consistent so she got on the phone to my doctor and and told her what was going on and she was like okay well let's just have a come in and make sure it's not Braxton Hicks or anything that everything's okay and the Ariel knew. Ariel knew full on well what was going on. I had no idea. She was awesome. And considering I was her first client, which I didn't know till after, 
she was amazing and knew everything that was going on. And she didn't want to freak me out or anything, but she knew this baby was coming. So she drives me to the hospital, take my car because it had the car seat in it and everything. And uh, we got the hospital bag and we went down there. And um, I told my friend to just, you know, take care of Louie and or put him in a kennel, he'll be fine. And I uh, got to hospital, they monitored me and checked everything over and checked my cervix. And um, they told me I was six centimeters dilated. Now, when you're at 10, you're kind of ready to give birth. So I was six and I had no idea. So this little lady was coming and Luke was in Fiji. Yes, he was in Fiji, two days flight worth away and I'm giving birth right there. Within 45 minutes, I'm hooked up to everything. I'm given um, an epidural in my spine to numb everything and uh, they're going to perform a C-section surgery. And before I knew it, this beautiful little angel was here with me on my chest and I've never felt anything like it. It was the most beautiful experience I could ever ask for. Ariel was there with me holding up the phone the whole time whilst Luke was on Zoom watching the birth and being there with me. And um, he actually said on stage, guys, I've got to hand it over to one of our trainers because I'm about to have a baby and my wife is in hospital. So I'm going to go backstage and be on Zoom with her and support her through the birth. And yeah, it was amazing and so beautiful. And, you know, a lot of people say to me, how did you do it by yourself? Like, were you not scared and felt alone? And, and I was like, no, I didn't have any other choice but to feel love and, and to feel supported because he was right there with me. Even though he wasn't physically here, he was still there with me. And uh, me and Lake spent the most beautiful 48 hours together in hospital, you know, really bonding with each other before Luke joined us to take us both home. And the moment that he saw her was just, oh, if I could put that into a movie and watch it over and over I would it was amazing and um, they instantly bonded we have a beautiful picture of him and her in the car seat she's fast asleep and he's passed out on the couch I mean he'd just traveled all that way finished a, thank god it was at the end of the seminar finished the seminar jumped on a plane came home jet lagged to hell and uh, still picked up his wife and his baby girl it was beautiful and um <laughs> A week after giving birth, we moved house. <laughs> You're like, Katie, are you honestly going to put anything else on us right now? This is like edge of the seat movie stuff. Yes, we moved house and he promised me that he would take care of everything, that I wouldn't need to do a thing, that it was, you know, he would do it all and he did. He packed up the whole house, moved us all, got Lakes up in her room, got me set up with her in our room, made sure we had everything and yeah, what a trooper, absolute trooper. And then two weeks after that, something happened. I still to this day still get really emotional about. And I don't beat myself up anymore, but I, I do think of what I could have done differently. And it was a day, it, it'd been a couple of weeks. I mean, you know, I'm figuring out how to be a mom. I'm sleep deprived. I'm, breastfeeding isn't going that well. I'm beating myself up because of that. You know, Luke's still getting over jet lag. He's tired. Um, he's, you know, a lot on his plate. And um, as I, I'm holding Lake in this little, I think they call it a docker top. It's basically like a bassinet. And I was carrying her down the stairs with that. And I was so tired, I slipped and I fell. And I, I fell and slipped backwards, so I fell on my butt. But 
I let go of one side of the bassinet and she fell out of it and she rolled down the stairs. <sighs> I felt so bad. I bet there's tons of mums listening to this podcast thinking, girl, I've dropped my child. You know, we all do it. And it's just something that's never talked about. And when it happens to you, you feel like you're the only person that, that you're the worst parent in the planet. And when I dropped her, I'm so thankful they were carpeted stairs because when we first looked at the place, it wasn't carpeted. And we said that we wanted carpet on the stairs. So glad we did. Because when I dropped her, she slid out with the bassinet and she just kind of thankfully only rolled down. She landed on one step and then rolled down onto the second one in the middle of the stairs. And I thought she was going to keep on going. Thankfully, she didn't. And she cried her little heart out, screaming at the top of her, her lungs. And I was so numb, I couldn't move. I'm trying to shout for Luke, but just the words weren't coming out of my mouth. I felt so bad. I felt like I failed. And then Luke comes over and picks her up and she's screaming. He's trying to calm her down. And then she eventually calms down so much. She's silent. I'm on the phone to the the hospital now. I've got an ambulance coming on the way and they're on their way. And um, she's now starting to be really silent, which was scaring him. And, uh, you know, he's now saying, please, God, no, 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 please, no, please, no, which is upsetting me more. And I just fall to, I fall to my knees on the floor and start praying. I was like thinking, how careless could I be? And I ran outside. I hated leaving the house, but I ran outside to see where the ambulance was. And I saw them turn down a different street. And I'm there on the phone to them and I'm saying, no, they've gone down the wrong street. Like, you're going down the wrong street. No, no, no. And, um, yeah. Um, oh. So I'm trying to communicate with them and telling them to come back. And eventually they got to the house and the, the crew came into the the home and um, checked her over. And, you know, she was thankfully still breathing and she was just, she'd exhausted herself so much that she went quiet and I'm there in the background as they're checking on her and I, I couldn't even look at Luke. I felt I felt so bad. I felt like I was the worst person on the planet and I felt the, at first the anger from him towards me. It was like, babe, it's okay. Just calm down, calm down. And the, the ambulance crew was so nice. They said, darling, please don't beat yourself up. And I just, I remember falling, again, falling back onto my knees again as I just put my hands in my my face in my hands and started sobbing so much and one of them came over to me and picked me up and said it's okay Kate it's, it's an accident these things happen the amount of times that we have this call you, you won't even know but you women don't talk about it because you feel so bad so please know this is just an accident this happens and I said, yeah, but it's an accident I could have avoided. Like, it's my fault. They said, it's not your fault. It's okay. So we went to hospital and she got checked over and everything was fine. And we went home later that day. Oh, but it was the start of the worst. I put so much blame on myself that I carried that around with me. And it was really the start of me getting postpartum depression. 
and I didn't know what was happening. I thought it was just baby blues. I thought it'll go away. You know, if I read about this, it passes, but it never did. It never lifted. I, I just remember wondering if this feeling would ever go away of sadness. And even though I felt so connected to her, we were doing so good. My parents came over for Christmas and really helped out from transitioning from breastfeeding to bottle because I struggled to breastfeed. And after my gynecologist checked in on me, she you know, made the suggestion of maybe stop breastfeeding. It might help lift the depression that you're feeling. And so I'd breastfed for eight weeks and then switched, researched the hell out of formula and found a really good formula that aligned with me and my values and what I wanted like to experience and grow up with you know the right nutrition and that I felt like that helped but you know what when I went through that time and I was obviously still new to the United States I didn't really have any friends yet I had a couple of acquaintances and one of them was uh, my trainer's wife and her friend who you all experienced one of my first interviews on the podcast was Jen that beautiful soul she was very encouraging as well. And I just took their advice. And this is fast forwarding a few months a little bit now, but each day by day, I would make it a mission to do something, whether that would be go for a walk or just do a little bit of self care, take a shower, go for coffee. And, you know, all while still trying to figure out this mom thing. And I totally shift identities from being this badass boss woman who could do whatever she wanted when she wanted to then being confined into four walls and you know wondering if I was ever going to be outside and enjoy life again whilst looking after this beautiful baby girl I'm like I don't know if I can do this like no one tells you about this I didn't know how to be a mom I didn't know how to continue on doing with my business I didn't know how to show up as a wife anymore I didn't know how to show up as a friend anymore I completely lost myself in becoming a new mom and at the time I didn't realize it but I I was actually becoming a better version of myself and through those challenges that I was facing I was growing into a different person I just didn't realize it at the time oh but those first Six months of being a mom was really, really difficult. I found it so hard as I'm trying to shake this depression off. I'm, you know, we'd had a lot of stress and strain ourselves as a couple. The, you know, previous to Lake being born, we were still kind of processing and dealing with that and the changes. And a lot of things were said, a lot of things were done between us both. And, you know, that was harmful for both of our souls. And recovering from that and repairing that damage was. It was hard too, so it was a lot to deal with. And I'm not playing a poor me pity party, but I'm sharing with you really what went on behind the scenes that no one had any idea about. But the way that I really got over, and if you're somebody who's facing depression right now, I ask you to really pay attention to what I'm about to say. And I really encourage you to start looking at your life just one step at a time, one day by day. And the first thing I noticed is that when I changed my nutrition, and obviously it was different from when I was breastfeeding, I had to eat a lot of calories to get my milk going. And I found it really difficult because I'm not a person who eats a lot. I'm not a person that overeats. I eat little and often, but it was never enough. So my milk supply would always keep drying out, which was super frustrating. So 
when I decided to get my nutrition back on track, I noticed a big difference there in eating healthy and less processed foods, less sugar, less salt, more greens, more fresh proteins, more vegetables. And then the second thing was, is movement, just something to move your body every single day. And that was hard to do after a (laughs) C-section. That's not easy because you spend four to six weeks recovering and going out for a walk can be sometimes a little bit uncomfortable. Even after when you've had a baby, that's, you know, in itself, it's very uncomfortable, even just walking. But going out for a walk with her or even just by myself while she was sleeping and I let Luke kind of stay in the house while she was sleeping, I'd just go for a little walk and it would really help. And then I would just make sure that I would take time for me. I'd make sure that I would take a shower when I needed to. I would make sure I would get sleep and slowly but surely start to do things again that Katie enjoyed doing and whether that was seeing friends or making new friends or you know eventually working out a little bit that was the biggest regret that I have when it came to postpartum was that I didn't fully throw myself in immersion with fitness and exercise I kind of worked out maybe once a week if I'm lucky but I would walk often but I really should have gone and worked out and I tell you if you can do this three to four times a week if you're in that state right now please find a trainer find a class find something that you can join to keep you accountable that you will go every single time you decide that you want to work out I think that would have shifted me out of depression a lot quicker the second the fifth thing I think (laughs) is to surround yourself with people who will keep you accountable that will push you on the days that you don't want to be pushed I had Tammy I had Dee I had Jen I had my friends back home, I had Victoria and all of these people that I surrounded myself with that were helping me get through it and just little by little, just encouragement. And I'm so thankful for each individual human being that was part of that process and that really helped me. And it was a game changer. And the biggest shift that I made, this was a year (laughs) of being in this suffering state, which I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. I really wouldn't. But the one thing that shifted it for me is that a year later, I went to date with Destiny, um, Tony Robbins' event. And it was truly the most amazing experience I could ever ask for. I really shifted and switched back into exactly who I was. I got rid of the old story and created a new story. And so many other things that I could spend a whole nother podcast episode talking about. But I realized who I was again and that everything that was going to be okay. And the biggest thing as well, I had some body work done by one of Tony's guys, um, John Admiral. I'm literally like, I can't even talk right now because the gratitude that I have. I'm not saying this is all John because I, you know, I, I made a lot of shifts myself, but he was a huge role in this transition and in this realization unfortunately when I gave birth to Lake I was in labor I was physically in labor my body was in labor when I had a c-section my body never finished the process of labor so I had a lot of energy and emotion and a somewhat would call spirit trapped in my womb I would say and you will probably think I'm fucking crazy right now when I tell you this very very brief story because I don't want this episode to go on too much longer but he did some body work on me and I completely hallucinated having 
lake again. I imagine this bright white light coming out of my uterus, my womb, my stomach area. And at this time, when I had the realization, I actually stood up and did a share in front of Tony and in front of 5,000 people on, on what had happened and what the realization I had and what shift I had made. And with that came a lot of emotional purging the next day and so much so my back was in so much pain. I actually had back labor towards the later stages of them giving birth to lake via C-section, but I did have back labor. If I would have done it naturally, I would have had back labor. So the next day after doing the share, I emotionally purged and I was a mess. My back was in so much pain. I couldn't even stand. I couldn't even walk. I was in so much physical pain. I don't know what was happening to me and I felt so weak and um, Luke hooked me up with John and he did this body work on me like I said and this light was shining from me and I hallucinated giving birth to Lake again I was holding her she was on my chest and Luke was now in the room whereas before he wasn't and I felt his arm come over and, and hug us both he didn't touch me but I felt it and he was stood right he wasn't even sat near me. He was sat on the other side of the room. He could see what was going on. But I felt his arm come over and hold us both. And then, you know, I'm like, I'm physically shaking at this point. My back is screaming at me. Like, my actual breasts are swelling. John did not lay one finger on me or one hand on me or touch me in any sort of way. But when he started the session, he hovered his hand over my C-section and it started to throb. Like the scar started to throb and sensations started to shift. It was so weird. I thought I was like on drugs or something or they drugged me or something was going on. And I hallucinated like being moved away from me. She went to go down and lie down to sleep and I just let there and my, my whole body relaxed and I felt so much love come from Luke because he was there and giving birth to Lake physically for the second time was so healing and it connected us both back together again and uh, he's this energy bodywork guy like his work is incredible like if I could give that gift to other people gosh my fulfillment level would be through the roof seriously and I walked away from from that session I was so weak and so tired I got into bed and my back was still sore but not as sore and I'd had so much chiropractic work done that year to get rid of this lower back pain. It was untrue. I was going to the chiropractor every week for a year and nothing was changing. It would like alleviate the pain a little bit and then by the end of the week, it was there again. So I got back to the room and I'm let down. I'm thinking, oh my God, my back is still sore. And then in the middle of the night, I woke up and I was completely pain-free. I felt my abs for the first time in a year I felt energy in that area that I hadn't felt for a year. Like I felt so connected back to myself again. It was so bizarre. My back pain had completely gone. I sat up and I'm like, oh my God, I feel amazing. Like, wow. It was such a huge transformation that it really took my life that moment forward from going to date with Destiny to having that body work with John to... Uh, you know, the rest of the year, the, like, the rest of the December was kind of still processing everything and figuring out what had actually happened and what, what all this was about. And um, going into 2019 was just truly life-changing. And since that moment, and this year has been 
an amazing journey of, of reconnecting with myself and, and taking things to a new level and taking myself and my family and my relationship and all of these different things to a new level because I can feel differently. And it's not because of the moment with John, but all of the moments leading up to that. And I'm telling you now, all of those challenges that you're going through in life are the moments and the opportunities for you to change and for you to change and grow into becoming more, to be able to do more. Like all of this I've been through was for this moment to have this podcast and share all of these beautiful insights and stories and everything else in between with you guys. And, you know, you can thank people along the way for encouraging you on that journey or helping you on that journey. But ultimately, you need to thank yourself more than you're doing right now for all of the challenges that you face through your life because you got yourself through them. It might have been people who have helped you along the way, but you did the work, darling. You did the work. Nobody else. So I really want you to pat yourself on the back, to give you some praise for getting through all those shit moments in, in your life because it's led you to this moment you are still here and you're still here to have the opportunity to not only grow and to become more and to do more and be more and all those beautiful things, but to really a chance to live a happy fully fulfilled joyful life that you deserve because you're truly doing the work to connect back with yourself to do all the things that you love enhance your relationship to have more fun in your career to take your career to the next level to really know yourself again this is an opportunity to disconnect from the world and really connect back with yourself and I share these stories with you in hope that you'll get a better understanding of who I am but also a better understanding of who you are and encourage you to look back on all of the things that have happened in your life not only to relearn from them but learn from them and grow from them so I thank you for being with me here on this emotional beautiful fucked up journey that I'm on and we're all on and just celebrate that together and thank you so much for taking the time to disconnect from your world and just connect with me for a moment and I just I'm truly thankful for your time and for your space and for your energy and God bless you and hopefully you'll have a beautiful blessed connected day <laughs>